Hello and welcome to the Caravan Industry Insights Podcast. This podcast is for anyone working in the caravan industry, whether you're from a manufacturer, supplier or dealer here in the UK or elsewhere. So listen every week to hear insights, interviews and marketing tips to help keep you and your business more informed and successful. I'm John Rawlings, a journalist and communications expert with a lifelong passion for caravanning and 20 plus years PR and event experience in the car and caravan industries. From starting in the editorial team at Practical Caravan Magazine to working in the press offices at Vauxhall, Volvo and Volkswagen and now in my own business specialising in the caravan industry. We all know that social media is essential for every business these days, but it needs to be done well to be really effective. So this week's episode features an interview on the latest social media tips from award-winning international speaker and podcaster, Teresa Heath-Waring. I think you'll find this really interesting. So let me introduce you to Teresa Heath-Waring. Hello, Teresa. Thank you very much for being my very first guest on this podcast. I am very excited that not only <laughs> you started a podcast, John, but also that I'm your first guest. How cool is that? Very, very cool. So let's start, start by introducing you. I've got a little bio here for you. So uh, this is Teresa Heathwaring. You're an international best-selling author, award-winning speaker, TEDx speaker, trainer, podcast and business owner. Uh, you're an online business marketing and mindset expert, working with business owners from across the world, helping them build a business and life they love. So I know you've talked on international stages. Could you want to give us some examples? Yeah, I've been very lucky that I've been flown out to places like Dubai and the States and uh, Cyprus and was a Greece. There was a couple of slightly strange places, but yeah, just to various different conferences for different things. So sometimes they're marketing conferences, sometimes they're businesses that have come together and it's a business conference. But yeah, really lucky to not only experience different types of stages and different people and mm. also to be able to stand in front of like lots of different people. And then during lockdown, I did one uh, online speaking thing where it was streamed to something like 104 countries into wow. like half a million people. Wow. Like that's insane. But what that was is. so funny about that, John, was I was at home and often with these things, especially when they're an online thing, you often pre-record and the time it goes out, you kind of forget that you even did it. And I was getting all these kind of DMs into my Instagram <laughs> of these people in these like crazy countries with me on their TV screen. It was so funny. It was the oddest thing I'd ever done. But yeah, it was ace. I loved it. And what's the biggest stage you've been on? Would it be like the social media world or which conference? I think the thing is, and this is an odd one, like, the TEDx is like oh, yeah. the most well-known, yeah. but weirdly that wasn't my, that wasn't my biggest speaking thing. It was actually a fairly small audience, but obviously it gets put on the TED, TED site and under the mm -hmm. TED YouTube channel and stuff. So I think that's mm -hmm. now had almost 40,000 views, which is ace. Mm -hmm. But I did a really nice event in, in Minneapolis nice. where uh, there was like four or 500 of us uh, that were in the audience. So that was kind of cool. Very cool. And I first met you, well, I've met you a couple of times. I've done some training with you. I yeah. think the first time, both times were actually, was some training events that the Caravan Writers Guild put on. So we were actually on a campsite the first time and second yeah. time we were at Salop Leisure in one of their yeah. meeting rooms. So yeah, really cool. So, so today I want to talk about social media, all things social media marketing, really, and how people in the caravan industry anywhere in the world can help improve their business by using their social media channels 
properly and effectively and maybe get some of the latest updates and tips from you. Mm, sure, that's great. <laughs> so where, where should we start? So I think let's start with like even why they need to consider social media. Yeah. Because I think what happens is... And I've worked with lots of different industries, including the caravan industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've worked with estate agents. I've worked with I've worked with like the service dealer that do like ride on mowers and all this. I've worked with some really interesting. And sort of gin, don't forget. Oh, I've done gin. Uh, <laughs> I've done honestly. There's probably not much I haven't marketed. But what's interesting is that between audiences, between industries, sorry, is differs as to how much they want to do social media. And I do find in it's things like the estate agent industry and the service dealer one, maybe in the caravan one as well, that maybe people aren't taking up social media as much as I would like them to. Yeah. And I think that comes down to people actually thinking it's just a kind of like something fun, like that this isn't serious. This isn't for a business. This isn't yeah. going to make them money. You're just dancing around on some stupid thing. And that is definitely not for them. Yeah, I've had some say that they just get some junior young person in the office because they're obviously young and into all that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the problem. And for a long time, I've battled this in the sense of it's another marketing channel. So the only person who should be doing it is the person that understands how to market your business mm-hmm. and the tone of voice and the and and when it comes to the practicality of it, like actually posting, then fine, get a person who knows what to do when they actually post it or interact on it. But in terms yeah. of the messaging, in terms of what you're putting out there, it really, really does need to be whoever is running the marketing or whoever is managing that tone of voice because this is another public place where you're being shown so the last thing you want to do is give it to someone who doesn't necessarily know or understand your tone of voice how to manage that kind of relationship with your customers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so when I'm talking about the caravan industry we're talking about a a wide range from Mm -hmm. dealers to manufacturers Uh, manufacturers range from big big companies to small converters mm-hmm. to suppliers. So there's a huge cross-section of size of, of teams and, and resources available there. But what you're saying is the key message is you've got to do it properly and know what you're doing and, and plan it properly. Yeah, and the other thing I want to say at this point, because I know what happens is sometimes like you think, oh, that's a huge amount of work, and it is a huge amount of work, Yeah, or it can be. Yeah. However, I would much rather see you take on one social media platform and do it really well, then try and be on all of them. So, and what I say to people when they're thinking about, well, what platform should I be on? Because there are lots of them. Mm. It comes down to two things, really. The first one is where do your customers hang out? Mm. Now, all these platforms have huge audiences. So your customers are going to be on every platform. But for instance, if you are strictly business to business, then Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is a great place. If your Mm -hmm. product's very visual and you are business consumer, you might want to have a look at Instagram. Mm -hmm. So first off, think about where your customer is. But second off, where do you like? So if personally you like Instagram, then great. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to use it as it needs to be used. Like I... I'm not big on LinkedIn, but I post to it and I have a team that helped me post to it. But that's not where you get all my interaction. You get me over on Instagram because that's where I love. So, and like I said, I'm only on all of them because of the job I do and what I teach on and all that stuff. So I'd much rather you pick one place and just focus on that one place and and really put your content out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, you used to say, or I used to think you shouldn't put the same content 
mm. on each channel because it looked a bit bit. Hey, if you've got the same audience, they're seeing the same thing a few times. Then, which yeah. I I see that with sometimes people that find a little bit frustrating. So I normally try and tweak it slightly. But well, what's the latest on that? I think that's changed a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, and that's funny that you should say that because obviously things change all the time. And what my advice that I give, especially in the social media world, mm. changes purely because of the speed in which social media changes. Yeah, yeah. So I think back when I changed it the first time, John, I, I would have said, don't repeat content. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, it looks scheduled. People don't want to see that. Yeah. Because back then we didn't have to put so much effort into doing it. Like, you know, we we could put some stuff up on social media and it would really work and it'd be fine and it'd be great. Mm -hmm. But now that's not the case. Now it's a case of there's so many platforms out there. There's so much content mm -hmm. that actually sometimes it's just better to get stuff out than if you are on all the platforms, than necessarily spend a huge amount of time pouring over each of them. So in terms of the content and because people won't see it, like the organic reach, and what I mean by that is the number of people who see it if you're not putting any money behind it, is really small. So if you put the same post out on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, all at the same time, all on the same day, mm -hmm. the chances of one person seeing all three is pretty slim. Whereas that wasn't the case a couple of years ago because there wasn't as much content. And therefore, I might have seen all three posts and I then might have thought, oh, well, you know, it doesn't work like this or, or that's lazy. Whereas now we know what it takes to put out in content on social media. So I don't think anybody's thinking that anymore. So for me, you can schedule stuff, the same posts to different place. The only thing I would think about is if you're putting something on Instagram and mm -hmm. you use lots of hashtags, you don't really want all those hashtags going on Facebook or LinkedIn because it doesn't look right. Okay. So you might need to make tiny tweaks. And the other thing I like to do is if possible, and you can do with some of these schedulers, is just mix up when and where they go. So you could have five posts that are due to go out on all your platforms in one week. Mm -hmm. But for instance, post number one, you could put on Instagram on a Monday. Mm -hmm. Post number one, you could put on Facebook on a Tuesday, LinkedIn on a Thursday. So that's good. If you can mix it up like that, then great. Yeah. If you can't, and you, and I'm only saying this if you're already on all platforms. Yeah. If you're not on all platforms, don't put yourself on all of them. Pick one, just go all out. But if yeah. you are already on them, either you've got a couple of options. If you're not managing them all, either you put a post on the platform you're not managing very well, mm. saying, thanks for visiting, but we hang out mainly over here and point them to the other platforms. Okay. Or you can do something like I just said in terms of the scheduling and stuff. Yeah, scheduling sounds good, doesn't it? A lot of planning involved. So what, what, sort, of, what sort of content is the next question, really? What sort of content should people go for? So this is normally a big, tricky thing yes. that people struggle with. Yeah. But to be honest, it should be one of your easiest things that you're doing because this is your business. You know what you're talking about. You yeah. know your industry, you know your stuff. But the main question I want you to think about is what problem do your customers have that you help them fix? So right. I'll say it again. What yeah. problem do your customers have that you help them fix? Now, let's say you are a dealership and you sell caravans. Mm -hmm. You might think, well, they don't have a problem. They want a caravan. What's the problem with that? So the problem isn't necessarily the product you're selling. The problem might be that they don't understand it's their first caravan and they're not entirely sure 
what they need to be looking for. Mm -hmm. The other problem might be that they don't know what finance options are available. It might be they don't know if you can customise it. You can tell I obviously don't own a caravan because I have no idea. I'm your perfect customer. Like, you know, can I customise it? Can I change the colour of it? Can I, you know, it might be what accessories do I need when I first buy a caravan? Yeah. You know, do I need a license? Like, can I drive it on my existing driving? Like, I, I don't think. No, good. Question. I don't think pulling pulling a caravan would be for me. Quite honestly, John, I think. I mean, I'm a good driver. Can I just get back there? I don't want any lady jokes about driving. I'm a really good. I used to work for Land Rover. I can off road and everything. Cool. But for some reason, yeah. just the thought of pulling a caravan. Well, maybe, a mo- maybe a motorhome is more your thing than Teresa. I think I could probably do that. I'm thinking yeah. Winnebago. I'm thinking like yeah. big, big, massive, typical, typical. beautiful luxury thing <laughs> in the States, driving through the desert. Um, but yeah, so think about those questions. And what often is a really good place to start is go to your sales team or go to the people that deal with your customers all the time mm-hmm. and ask them, what stupid questions do you get asked? Because if you, everyone listening to this, you're an expert in your industry. You know what you're talking about. Whereas they don't. I don't. So sometimes we're compelled to put out stuff to make us look smart, to make us look like, you know, look at how clever we are that we've put together this content. But actually, does your customer need that and appreciate that? Or mm-hmm. would they rather you just answer the direct stuff that you need to answer? So mm-hmm. so looking at problems, looking at questions, and then also things like... I. If you're getting started on social media, when I teach this, I talk about kind of posting four times a week as a minimum. One post needs to educate them. So it needs to give them information that shows them you know what you're talking about. So it could be like, here's the latest legislation on it, or here's a blog we wrote on starting your, buying your first ever caravan or some of those problem things. Then you need to entertain them. And when I say entertain the one thing you do need to understand about social media is it's social and you're not necessarily competing against your competitors. So if you're a dealership, you're not competing against the next dealership down the road. You're competing against my social life. So if your mm-hmm. posts aren't don't have an element of entertainment, then I'm just going to scroll past. So when we talk entertainment, you know, you can take that as you kind of want, but you know, that can vary greatly what some people think. But what I'm thinking is things like, let us see behind the scenes. Let us see, you know, so I've talked to John about this before, you know, I want to see John on holiday in his caravan. I want to see, you know, what he, what accessories he's got, or I want to see the faces of the people that I'll be dealing with. It could be if you're a manufacturer, let's see some behind the scenes stuff. How do you make the things? Mm. So the entertain can be various different things. And then the last one is, sorry, not the last one, third one is sell. So you've got to be able to say to people, this is what we sell. This is how you buy. So if you're doing a mix of all three of those three main themes, mm. then that's great because you do need to put some sales posts out there. Otherwise people are just going to go, you're very funny and very educational, <laughs> but I don't know how to buy from you. And I yeah. say with much love that people online are a little bit lazy and a bit stupid. So you do need to tell us what you want us to do. So yeah. you can buy this from me through my website or come into the showroom and take a look. Yeah. And then the last one of the four posts is a question. And the reason we have question as one of the four posts, and when I say question, it's a question to your audience or your followers. And the reason we have this is because you need that engagement. Your social media accounts live or die yeah. on the engagement you're getting. So if you're getting no engagement, mm-hmm. then 
no one is seeing your stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're asking a question, so it could be, I don't know, like, you know, uh, you could put up a picture of a huge Winnebago and go, you know, who'd be willing to drive this around the streets of the UK or something like, you know, something that kind of makes people want to respond or yeah, yeah. which colour, like if you found, an, you know, uh, an amazingly beautifully liveried caravan, you know, who would be interested in having this? What would you have? Because mm-hmm. you want people to respond and you want that kind of conversation happening. So those are the four posters minimum, I would say, really, you should be trying to look at, yeah. educate them, entertain them, sell to them and ask them a question. And then what about if you're uh, a B2B uh, a client, uh, not client, customer in, in the yeah. business? It's going to work just as well, isn't it? Because you're still... Absolutely. You might want to be more on LinkedIn maybe than than some of them. You're not, you're not dealing with consumers directly, but there's... Because yeah, I've got clients that are, are B2B, for instance, and you're thinking, right, what channel? There are other channels. There are business channels. There's other mm-hmm. ways of getting your messages out there, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about those themes, again, on a B2B basis, you know, educate them that you know what you're talking about. So if you're a caravan manufacturer and, uh, or your customers are caravan manufacturers, Mm -hmm. then talk about how you research the product you make or what innovative stuff you've got coming up or the, you know, whatever it might be that the educate piece does there. The entertainment piece might not be so personal. It might be the behind the scenes stuff. Like this is how we might get, it might be, here's the team going out or whatever, or the entertain piece might be, here's us fitting this at this show or whatever it is. And then the sales exactly the same. You need to be telling them, this is who we work with. If you're a manifan, manifan, no caravan manufacturer, (laughs) rearrange these words, then (laughs) you know, that's who our customer is. So you want to be saying these things. And again, questions. So thinking about the type of questions that would entertain or engage your customer, whether they're B2B or B2C. So absolutely works perfectly for both. So yeah, engagement is really key, isn't it? So that's going to help. Well, I suppose the next thing to talk about is algorithms. That's going to help algorithms and getting seen by more people, isn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, it's funny when you talk algorithms, it's like yeah. this word is just even like off-putting in itself. It is, isn't so it? So basically, <laughs> if you haven't heard of the term algorithm, it just means a set of rules that a social media platform uses to decide what you see. Mm-hmm. So for instance, you and your partner could have exactly the same friends, follow exactly the same pages and yet see completely different content based on what you interact with. Mm-hmm. So I think now, on average, the amount of friends that people have or the people they follow is so many. Mm. And you just possibly can't see all the content from all of them every single day. So what these systems are trying to do is they are looking, and they're very clever, a little bit scary, Mm. but they're looking at how you interact. They're looking at posts that you click on, posts that you sit on for a bit too long, videos that you watch, and it's learning what you like. Like I said, it's a bit like, robots are going to take over the world, but it's learning what you like and it's showing you more of that stuff. So that's how algorithms work basically in very short and layman's terms. So therefore, if no one's interacting with you, the algorithm isn't learning that your content is interesting. So it's normally, so imagine you put up a post today and you've got a hundred followers on your Facebook page, mm-hmm. they'll show roughly between one and 3% of those followers. Wow. So you've got it, which is mm-hmm. tiny. Yeah. So you've got 
100 followers, it shows your post to two people, let's say. Mm -hmm. If those two people do nothing, they don't pause on it, they don't click on it, they don't comment or share, those are the things you really want. Then you might not get it shown to anybody else. But if one of those two people comments on it, then and I'm talking about Facebook as an example, but it's all the same one on the others, then mm -hmm. Facebook will go, oh, hang on, this might be an interesting post. So they might show it to another two people who follow you and one person that follows the person that commented on it. And then let's say someone else comments on it, they'll show another couple of people and someone else, they'll show another couple of people. So you need that interaction. So even if it's a little bit orchestrated in the early days, so for instance, if I wanted to get a post going, I would pick my favorite kind of the people who I knew always commented on my stuff. So yeah. I would ask a question. So I deal with small business owners, with entrepreneurs, and I would ask a question about, you know, uh, what's the one thing you would give up tomorrow if you could about running your own business? And then I would go to the first comment and I would tag in a few people. So yeah. I would force that engagement on that post in order to get yeah. it going. Yeah. And then what you find is once they've, those people are applied, then suddenly lots of people are applying because more people are seeing it. Yeah. I know on LinkedIn, it certainly tries to encourage you to tag people, doesn't it? And name anyone in the, that you can. I mean, that's what I try and do. But sometimes it can look a bit sort of tacky if you start tagging too many people. There's just sure. a fine line, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. And I think one thing you have to be careful of is that you're doing it for a reason. Like, I would never tag anybody that, like, answering a question, I know those people would answer it for me. I'm just making sure they see it. Whereas if I was writing a post, so an actual post that's going to go on social media, like on LinkedIn, mm. if I don't have a reason to tag someone in, I won't. Right. So I I would just leave it. it. Unless I have a good reason, then that's the only reason I'm tagging them in. Right, cool. And then finding the right hashtags. That's another thing we've talked about in the past, isn't it? Is that still critical? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Depending on what sort of systems you're talking about. So particularly on Facebook, uh, not Facebook, sorry, on Instagram, Instagram and Twitter yeah, and LinkedIn a little bit. But I think the key thing here about hashtags, it's don't get too kind of het up about it in terms of what it is and how it is. But basically, it's just a way that people with a similar interest can get together. So for instance, you might put down a particular type of caravan make uh, as a hashtag to then bring together people who like that particular caravan make. Yeah. So, but it can be used in a couple of ways. One, you use it on your posts and that will hopefully help people find your post. But one thing to say on here is make sure you use the hashtags that your customers use, not what you use. Because so for instance, if I did the hashtag marketing speaker, the only people looking at the hashtag are marketing speakers and they're not my customers. So I use hashtags like small business owners UK or uh, yeah. mum business owners USA or whatever it might be yeah. because yeah. I know my customers are using them. So that's the one right. way to do it is to put it on a post so your customers hopefully find the post. The other way to use the hashtags is for you to proactively go and reach out to customers. Now, so for instance, if I was doing this, I might pick Mum Business Owners USA and I will search on that hashtag. Again, you can use it in LinkedIn, in Instagram, on Twitter. And then I would go and look at the posts that have added that hashtag to their pictures or their posts. And I would comment or like on those posts. Now, I'm not doing it to sell. 
So the last thing I want you to do is, let's say you sell a particular manufacturer of caravan or a particular brand of caravan. You search on that brand name and someone's posted saying, uh, I love my whatever brand of caravan yeah. is. Fill in the the last thing I want, yeah, the last thing I want <laughs> you to do is comment going, brilliant, we sell them. Do you want to buy one from us? Right. This is where you need yeah. to remember that social media is a relationship builder. It's yeah. the same as if you walked in and I always get people to imagine this. Yeah. Imagine that person was in front of you. So yeah. if someone came up to you and said, oh, I love my so-and-so caravan, yeah. you wouldn't, I don't think most of us wouldn't go, oh, do you? We sell them. They're really good. This is how much they are. This is how you buy them from us. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't make any sense. So I like your analogy you of thinking of it as a first date. Yes. Don't go in and say, marry me. <laughs> exactly. People do. They jump straight to marry me on a first date. Whereas, yeah. and again, the analogy of imagining you're at a breakfast meeting or a bit, you know, for those of you who have networked, which we've all done, I'm sure yeah. many times, yeah. too many times, yeah. horrible sandwiches, uh, terrible <laughs> coffee. It's like you walking straight up to someone at a breakfast meeting, meeting them for the first time going, hi, I'm Teresa. This is what I do. This is how you can buy from me. Uh, would you like to? Like yeah. they would think you were a lunatic. Yes. So it's that, imagine it's that relationship, that conversation. So if you are outreaching to people, you're doing the outreach. Obviously, if someone comes and comments on your stuff, then that's different. But if you're doing the outreach, then you just want to comment on it going, they are brilliant, aren't they? Because what that's done is let's say someone's posted, they don't know you exist at this point. You yeah. searched on the hashtag, you find them, you comment back going, oh, and that's a great one you've got there. I love the whatever feature. Mm -hmm. Suddenly they look at your post because you've done a very genuine comment reply. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, now you exist. Now I know they mm -hmm. might follow you back. So it seems like a very subtle way of doing it, but it's, it is effective. Yeah, I've done that. I do that with some clients I do social media for. I try and build engagement by just commenting on other, other posts and, and not just liking, yeah. but trying to make a, a sort of a, not a cheesy comment though, something sort of reasonably. No, genuine. Genuine, yeah. And then they do inevitably start following you back. And you just it is about building that relationship, isn't it? And make, making them know who you are and yeah, yeah, not just having to them so they know whereabouts. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. And it's not, it's not a quick win. All right. You're not going to no. do this tomorrow. Put one comment and someone's going to yeah. buy a caravan from you or yeah. build a relationship with you or whatever. It, yeah. It's about a slow burn, but it's the fact of you don't have to do it for very long. You could literally yeah. put in an hour a week, not even an hour, 10 minutes a day and a couple of days a week and just do a little bit of proactive outreach. And yeah. then you'll see that this starts to build over time. And again, that going back to that algorithm, the more people that are following you, the more chances that other people will start to follow you. So yeah. it is a bit of a game you've got to play, but it's yeah. really worth it. Yeah. And what about that big no-no of not buying followers? Because that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> it's like the worst thing in the world. It's like, let's say you have a bricks and mortar place where people come. It's like buying to have people stand over the road and just stare at your shop. Yeah. Like, they're not buying. Yeah. yeah, okay, you might look busy. But the other thing that you've got is, and I obviously I'm in this world, so I can spot it in my life, and I'm sure you yeah. can, John. Yeah, yeah. But it's all well and good having 10,000 followers on Instagram when only three people are commenting on a post Yeah, that immediately goes, yeah, that's not right. Yeah. So yeah. I would much rather generally on social media, on an email list, on anything, I would much rather have a small number of people who love me and want to interact with me and like yeah. seeing my content and reply to my emails than yeah. have tens of thousands who literally couldn't care less. So yeah, yeah as much as 
And believe me, like considering I do this for a business, I've got, as we speak at the moment, I've got, I think, just over 4,000 followers on Instagram, which is ace, but like, it's certainly not huge, huge numbers, but it's like all of those followers genuinely came and followed me for a reason. And quality, not quantity, isn't that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm more likely to be able to build a relationship with them. I'm more likely to ultimately convert them into a customer if they're real. Yeah. Never buy followers. And what about all the latest features? You've got reels. Um, oh, what else is there on Instagram? Guides. And then oh, what about TikTok, yeah. for instance? I've seen some people successfully on TikTok, but I've got one client that wants me to put more of their stuff on TikTok. But I'm thinking, is it the right audience? I'm not, not 100% convinced yet. I think it depends on, and this is the thing where every platform has so many people, there is an audience on everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what it comes down to is the amount of time you're spending on it and the return you're expecting. Now you, and and this is the other thing that happens a lot in our world when, you know, and, and obviously John, you just did a perfect example. People might see someone else being particularly successful on a particular platform mm-hmm. and think, oh, to be successful, I've got to be on TikTok. I've got to do the dancing videos. I've got yes. to do these, like whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like, A, if that's not your bag, then no. Mm-hmm. B, they might not be any, on any other platform and they might love TikTok. Like that might be totally their thing. And also they only got successful because they consistently showed up and did the stuff. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, with all of these platforms, we see these amazing people who are like, in fact, I saw on just the other day, this woman who does clothes, she's a, she's a, she helps you like she's not a designer but she helps you like choose what to wear I should know what that is called but it's gone out of my head anyway so she puts on the Instagram these pictures of like flat lays I don't know if you know what I mean but basically yeah. when things are lay flat and you take a picture yeah. down yeah. of like different like a t-shirt with a pair of trousers and a pair of shoes and a bag her whole Instagram is just that she's grown 10,000 followers in about two weeks wow <laughs> but could I guarantee that happens to anybody <laughs> else no like it's a one-off it's a kind of like amazing and brilliant for her but that's not typical that's not what normally happens so I think looking at all these different things I think it's got to be something that you can do consistently for a while and it's got to be something that kind of fits okay so I've done a couple of reels I'm not consistent and I do find them quite hard so I don't beat myself up I do them very occasionally and if I do one great if I don't I don't However, I show up consistently in posts and Instagram stories because that's, I find that much easier to do. So I think rather than thinking you've got to jump on the latest trend because one person somewhere has killed it and got loads of customers from it, they did it because they found it easy to do and they were consistent with it. So unless you can go all in, then don't expect the same results is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. And they're quite time consuming to do, aren't they? I find. Really easy time consuming. Yeah. And I think <laughs> quite fun, but like, you think, oh, that's a whole morning gone and I've already done. Or at least yeah. a couple of an hour can whiz by so quickly, can't it? So yeah, it, it should be a commitment doing those extra, extra things. Mm. It is. And and like I said, some things are easy. So for instance, if you're listening to this and you're on Instagram and you're not using stories, stories can be a really easy thing to do. Like, yeah, you know, stories. for me. I can literally just pick up my phone and record a story and hit send and it's done within minutes. Mm. I'm much more confident now. It wasn't as quick as that in the early days because <laughs> now I don't care if I make a mistake because I'm a human and we all make mistakes. But yeah. like, 
So it does get easier and quicker as you go on. But something like Reels or TikTok, where it's, and if you've not, if you don't know what it is, it's a very curated thing. It's like the music specific, the actions you do in a specific, there's normally transitions that are very cool. So yeah. like there's really nice transitions where people grab their top and pull it. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly they're in a different outfit or yeah. they put their hand to the camera, pulls it away and they're doing something else. Yeah. So yeah, they're great, but there's thought. So if a quick example, I'm having my kitchen done as we speak. And I thought, oh, that would make a great reel. Like I could, so what I'll do is I'll film my kitchen as is, and then I'll bring up the picture of the plan and then I'll take it down and the kitchen's done. Well, that's cool. That's great. But the difference in time between that first shot and the last shot is going to be several weeks several months if my husband gets his way, but I've told him several weeks and then that's it. It's got to be done. But you know what I mean? It needs that thought. It needs that kind of yeah, consideration. Funny. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So it's not that they're not amazing and brilliant, mm -hmm. but if you're struggling to post consistently, mm -hmm. I'm not sure you should be looking at reels. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Yeah, stories are very easy. And are stories more effective than posts? I mean, I think a lot of people just look at stories sometimes. You've got to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, totally. Stories get, my stories get way more views than my posts do. Yeah. They're, they're super easy. You don't have to create content necessarily. Yeah. It's just casual. Yeah. And if you're happy, maybe. totally personal. Behind so I'm just thinking, yeah. absolutely. So if yeah. you've just had a new caravan come in or someone's yeah. had, like if you're, uh, if you delivery or something like that, and someone's just had a new wrap on a caravan, yeah. then literally put the camera towards the caravan, not towards you. You don't even have to be on camera mm -hmm. and just talk about it and go, look, we've had this, you know, we've just finished this cool wrap or we've just like had this new caravan in or this new accessories just turned up. Mm -hmm. Show me how it works. Super, super easy. And mm -hmm. then just hit submit, get onto Instagram. So, yeah. so good. And it's only there for 24 hours. I mean, you can save them, can't you? Yes, you can into highlights, but I yeah, otherwise 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. No, and I feel like... Forget about that. <laughs> I feel like they're not as big a thing as they used to be, but I haven't for ages. No, no, I haven't either. No, I do try and do stories, and you can shout about the fact you've got a new post out there or something. It's quite... Uh, it's quite... So I'm always saying to, to the clients I'm doing social media for, just please send me more content. You know, I can't... I, yes. I, I'm very creative and I can make things up, but you still need some of that behind-the-scenes stuff and anything, the, the content yeah. images, quality. Well, they don't have to be fantastic quality for social media, but... No, um, really. and, and videos, I, I find videos can be quite good. They get quite a lot more interaction. Videos are the best. Yeah. People, we're very simple creatures. We like moving images. Like, we yeah, like to see yeah. things move. But what's great, and, and one thing that I know you offer, John, which is really good for people who have people do their social media, is for you to go for the day and spend the day because the amount of content you can get yeah. in one day, mm -hmm. like filming things, mm -hmm. you know, taking pictures, like being in person for that day and doing all that stuff yeah, yeah. means you can create content for ages. So yeah. if, if you're sat here thinking, yeah, I'd like someone to do my social media, but actually I'm a bit rubbish at that, then that's fine as long as they can get to you. And again, I did it when I had an agency. We used to have some manufacturers and it was like, so let me in the factory, let me film what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And then like, if I'm filming something that's 10 minutes, then I can chop it up into three or four different films. I can put yeah. it on a story. I can use some like screenshots from that film. I can talk about the process. I could maybe do a flow chart, like so much content. So yeah, yeah. I think lots of you might be sat there thinking, 
I just don't know what we talk about. And hopefully you've got some ideas, but that's where, you know, people like me and John who have been in this industry for a while, like I can give you a million things to talk about. So many things and John could too, but you know, again, so it's not always about you having to come up with the concepts as long as you've got someone you're working with, who can do that. I think it's great. Yeah. You definitely have to get into the zone. That's why it's quite good to try and do it it by batch rather than sitting down each day thinking, right, what we're going to do today. Cause sure. Yeah, get, in, get into the right. So I'm quite conscious we've taken up a lot of your time, but one final right. thing I really, really thought we should mention is how fantastic social media is, but you need an email list because you don't own social media, do you? And it could be no. it can go down, it can go get hacked, whatever. Yeah. Don't yeah. rely on it. We need to try and drive people to your own mailing list so you've got their details so you can communicate yeah. directly. That's the lesson Absolutely. I've always learned from you, Teresa. <laughs> yeah, and and I am a big fan of social media. I love it. Mm. It's great for outreach. It's great for finding people that you wouldn't necessarily find or then mm. finding you. Mm. However, exactly what you said, John, you don't own it. Mm. It's They decide, like, social media that when we first met John and social media today is very different. Yeah, you yeah. know, the amount of people who see the posts, I'm just thinking, like, that must have been a good, I think that must have been almost like six, seven years back or something. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And people saw all your stuff then and the algorithm has changed so much. So you could still be as consistent as you were back then, but you're not getting anywhere near what you did. So they are in charge. It's their platform. They decide. So great. Use it, show up, get people to come and kind of find who you are, but then give them a reason to get on your email list, encourage them. Even if you just put up a post every week that says, did you know every week we send you an email that tells you X, Y, Z, click here and join our list. And it goes through to the sign up on your website or something, but Mm -hmm. absolutely. And once they're on your list, this isn't a case of, oh, well, I can't send them the same thing on my list as on my social media. Like think about how many times you see an advert before you actually go and do something. So (laughs) there's nothing wrong with sending out a post to social media and having a very similar conversation on email because for those people who do see it multiple, which they're not, go- not many is going to, it's just reconfirming the thing. So yeah, absolutely. Love social media, do it, but drive them back to your email. Cool, cool. Right, we probably ought to think about finishing there. I know there's loads more we can talk about. <laughs> I think we'll have to have another another interview another time and there's talk about lots of other things. But uh, You know me, John, I can talk for Britain. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I listen to all your um, podcasts every week, so uh, I'm used to hearing you, your dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where do people find you if they want to follow you and, and hear more? So you can literally search Teresa Heathwearing uh, in Google and you'll find me. Mm-hmm. I hang out most on Instagram because that's mm-hmm. my favourite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, as John said, I have a podcast called Your Dream Business, which you can find on anywhere that you listen to a podcast. So yeah, please come and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Well, Teresa, thank you very much. What an excellent first guest. I'm very pleased, uh, very useful. I hope everyone's found that interesting as well. And thank you very much. And I hope to speak to you again soon. My pleasure, John, and good luck. This is going to be brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it and would really appreciate it if you could share it with as many people as possible. Even better, please give me a five-star review in iTunes. It would be a great help. If you'd like me to interview you, want to suggest someone to interview, or interested in sponsoring this podcast, or want to get in touch with me for any reason, please drop me a line at john at rawlingscommunications.com or message me on Instagram at rawlings underscore comms. Thanks very much. Bye for now.